0: welcome you're about to listen to a teaching of the foursquare gospel church vgc district at foursquare we believe in the transformation of communities through the multiplication of disciples leaders churches and movements may your hearts be blessed and transformed as you listen Father, we want to magnify you. We want to thank you, Lord, for this very first Sunday in the month of December. We thank you, Father, for keeping us through all the months of this year and bringing us to the very last month. Lord, we are so grateful. And we thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being able to reflect on your perfect love this month. And I just pray, Lord, that you bring it real to us in the name of Jesus and that, Lord, you keep us in constant remembrance of how much you love us and how dear we are to you. I just pray, Lord, that this morning you minister to us. Let your word walk transformation in our hearts in the name of Jesus. And to you will all the glory be. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Um, our team for this month is Perfect Love. And this morning, I'll be sharing on the topic, God's love. On Wednesday, um, during the Bible study, I did an overview on perfect love. We looked at um, God's nature, the nature of perfect love. We looked at what perfect love entails and what our response should be as, whether as unbelievers or as believers. This morning, we'll be looking at God's love. We'll look at God's love, we'll try to explain it. We'll look at God's love as sacrificial and as sacrifice driven. we we'll look at God's love as giving focus, and then God's love, our response. What's going to be your response to God's love? Now, the essence of our theme, Perfect Love, is essentially to remind us of God's love for us. So if you forget everything we'll be talking about in the course of this month, I just want you to remember that God does what? That God loves you. So I want you to look at yourself and say, God loves me. That God loves me. Amen. So let us turn to our text for this morning, God's law. The very first one, we'll be reading three passages of scripture this morning. And the first one is Romans chapter 5. And I'll quickly read verses 6 through to 8. But the real focus for us will be verse 8. And I'm reading from the New International Version. Verse 6 of chapter 5 of Romans says, You see, at just the right time, When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Whilst we're still sinners, Christ died for us. And I'll quickly cross over to First John and I'll read 1 John 3.16. The popular one is John 3.16 and then this is 1 John 3.16. So, it's so easy to connect and 1 John 3:16 says this is how we know what love is Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters And then finally 1 John chapter 4 and I'll read verses 7 through to 12. First John chapter 4, verses 7 through to 12. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 8, Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Verse 9, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Amen. Like I said earlier, the essence of our team for this month is really to remind us of God's love for us. And as we approach the Christmas season, we're again reminded of the ultimate expression of God's love for us as individuals and and for humanity. Because the ultimate expression of God's love is Christ. Christ took on humanity and offered himself up for the sins of the world, for your sins and for my sins. And as we talk about love, I, I read some responses that some kids gave when they asked them what they would, um, how they would interpret love. What's their understanding of love? And three of the kids responded, you know, three girls. The very first one, seven years old, said, love, and I, and I shared this on Wednesday at Bible Study. She said, love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt, then he wears it every day. That's interesting. And then another young girl, eight years old girl, Rebecca, she said that her own understanding of love was her grandmother got arthritis. So she couldn't bend to you know polish her toenails anymore. So her grandpa does it for her all the time. Even after grandpa had arthritis in his hands, he still made efforts to apply the polish on her grandma's uh, toenails. To her, that is love. But for me, one of the most fascinating responses came from Jessica, also eight years old. and. I reckon she did a bit of introspection. And then she said, you really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot. People forget. You know, and that I just kept thinking through that. And as I think of our team, and I also think that we need to be reminded that God loves us. Why? Because people do what? Forget. People forget. We forget. You know, we forget. Sometimes we need to be reminded that God loves us. When we focus on the difficulties of life and wonder, where is the love? Some may be asking, where is this love? You know, you're faced with all kinds of challenges. We really keep wondering where is the love. You're talking of perfect love. I I can't feel it. I can't connect to it. Some people would say. But the reality is God loves us and he loves us dearly. He loves us dearly. And that is all I want us to focus on in the course of this month. Just to reassure ourselves that yes, we are the object of God's love. And that we are beneficiaries of his love. Notwithstanding the things that are happening around. And I really want us to pause for a moment and consider all that God has done for us. We remember so that we really can remember how much God loves us. I just, just, just take a moment. Think about it. Think about it. Just let's, let's pause. God loves us dearly. And that's why first John four eight to ten seeks to remind us afresh that God loves us. God's love. Let's let's let, let, let's let's try and explain this a bit. Understanding love. In in our world today, love the word love has become a very confused word, and the concept of love too is also confused in our times. You know, because people use love to describe different relationships. You know, they describe their relationship to their pets like dogs and cats. People love dogs and cats so much that they will so much to them in the Western world. People love food. People use love for sexual partners, friends, and, uh, and so on. So the world out there, I would say, is confused about what love is. But the beauty of it for us is that the Bible is not confused at all. The Bible is not confused and is not vague about this very powerful concept that is called love. And if you look at the language of the New Testament, which is Greek, which was the international language in the days of our Lord Jesus Christ on earth, Greek. In, in Greek there are four different words used for love. And they are as follows, four different words. The first one is eros. It's eros and it refers to the relationship between male and female, including physical desire and longing. Now, in the Greek Bible, And in the New Testament, you will not see the use of eros. Then the second Greek word that is used for love again is um, stego, which refers to affection, mutual love between family members. This also is not used in the New Testament, the Greek version. And then the fourth one is philos. And this reflects the care and concern that friends have for each other. Now, this one is used in the the New Testament. And if you look at John chapter 21, when our Lord Jesus Christ was talking to um, Simon, this is the Greek word that is used in that passage of Scripture in John 21 verses 15 to 17, but the one that is key to us today which is the god kind of love is what the greeks call agape agape and that's the one we're talking about is a god kind of love and when we talk about perfect love that is what we're referring to you know is a god kind of love agape describes a unique type of love Involving a conscious and deliberate choice to do good for another. It's a commitment that is based on a deliberate choice of the one who loves. Irrespective of whether the recipient of that love has earned the love or not. It is not dependent on the qualities of the person receiving the love. It's just a deliberate choice that you have made to love, and you, it's, it's a commitment. Agape love is perhaps best seen in God's love for the world as expressed in the gift of his son to come to this world and to die for us. And we see that in John 3, 16. It says, for God so loved the world, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Another translation says, he gave his only begotten son. That is the kind of love that we're talking about. And that is also the love that God calls believers to display. Agape love is also the kind of love that is described in 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1 to 13. That is a very popular passage on love. That is the kind of love that is described there. Agape love. So followers of Christ will learn this kind of love because God loves them first. And as we receive this love from God, it's only then that we're able to respond to his command to go and live in the same way and relate and reach out to others in love in the same manner. And it's only Christ in us that can live out this kind of agape love. On our own, we can't. We are not naturally wired to love like this And it's only when Christ comes into us that He makes the difference in us, that gives us the enablement, the the, the, the empowerment to be able to love. Because typically the kind the, the way man will ordinarily love is he loves those who are deserving of his love. He loves those who can love him in return. But as we look at agape love, it's just the complete opposite of it. It's the complete opposite of it. And I pray that the Lord will grant us grace. God's love gives us the power to love by choice rather than just emotion or senses and to sustain our love even in the face of hostility or rejection. And now this is very powerful. It's only God that can give us that power to love, even in the face of hostility or rejection? How many of us can sustain our love for someone who keeps rejecting us? How many of us can sustain our love for someone who who, who remains hostile to us? Only Christ can give us that power and give us that grace. You know, a lady wore a T-shirt. And on that T-shirt, at the back of it, you have this inscription. It says, love is for losers. Have you ever seen that? Love is for losers. And then you keep wondering, what does that mean? You know, sometimes we wear, you know, when I want to wear anything, I keep, I first think about it. So, you know, and when I see it, T-shirts on people, and I just wonder, what does this mean? Love is for losers. And it just makes me think about sometimes when people love and they are rejected in return. When people love and they don't get love back. When people love and they get hostility in return when people love in very hostile setting, I reckon that lady just concluded that love is for losers. And perhaps many people think that way. And that's why many people guard their hearts, I would say. And they are wary; They don't want to love anybody so that they are not hot. Whereas the call is God has shown so much love to us and he says we should go and do what? Likewise. We should go and do likewise. So I'm going to turn that and say love is for winners. Love is for who? Winners. It's for winners, not for losers. Because love is of God. And to love, true love, And to give out that love is not dependent on the recipient of the love. When your love is dependent on the recipient, then you may be a loser. But when your love is not dependent on the loser, but is is in response to God's love for you, and you are only a channel, what you are passing on is whose love? God's love. You are only a channel then you are a winner. You are a winner in God. And that's the kind of love that we're talking about because that is the love that we have received. Recently, a friend of mine turned 60. And we, we attended a birthday party, well, a yeah, dinner in his honor. And, you know, and people came and said how generous he was. You know, many people said, you know, the, 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 the way he had shown kindness to them. When it was his time to respond, he, he then said, people are saying I'm generous. But the reality is that I have received so much, that I received so much from people. People give me all kinds of things. Many of you who are in this hall give me so much. that's what he said. And you know, I remember when I turned 40 and I sat back, I was in a hotel room in London and I did a reflection. And when I turned 52, I I was in South Africa in a suburb of uh, Pretoria and I also reflected. On both occasions, I wept. I cried because I look back and I saw how kind people have been to me. I've seen that my life is just a product of love from people. How God has been generous to me, and how God has blessed me with people around that have been kind to me and have shown love to me. And perhaps if I have to live my life many times over, I would not be able to show the same kind of love to people. And my prayer is that the Lord will continue to make me a channel. And as believers, as children of God, we are only a channel of God's blessings. So we are not losers at all, but we are great winners. And winners will continue to be in Jesus' name. And I pray that the Lord will help us. So we are not losers. God wants to deliver his kind of love, agape love, to families, in churches, in the workplace, and in communities, walking through you and I as Christians and as believers, as channels of God's love. And I pray that God will help us. Do you feel loved by God? I I want you to, to think about that question, and I want you to answer. Do you feel loved by God? Do you feel that God loves you? Do you genuinely feel that God loves you? Do you have doubts in answering that question? Do do, do you have any form of trepidation in responding to that question? Have you had occasion to doubt God's love for you? Do you doubt that God loves you? Do you feel loved by God? I really want you to respond to that question. And do you enjoy the love of others? Do you enjoy the love of others? If you enjoy or have enjoyed the love of others, I want you to look around you. Who around you needs an intentional touch of compassion? and kindness this is December soon we'll be in Christmas who around you needs an intentional touch of compassion and kindness I just pray that the Lord will give us the eyes to see and the heart to recognize and respond to others in love By God's grace, this Christmas, you will bring one gift for at least one person in church. We'll work out the details and we'll announce next Sunday. One gift for one person. Just to show the person that you care. Some people believe that they can only receive and never give. And they keep receiving and they receive. And every opportunity they have, they grumble about how someone has not given. But they never give. You are going to break that uh, jinx. Praise the Lord. So let's go on. Then understanding sacrifice. God's love is sacrificial. God's love is sacrificial. And sacrifice is giving up something valuable and precious for the benefit of another is to pay a price higher than the value you receive. That is sacrifice. You pay a price higher than the value that you receive. That is sacrifice. And this underpins God's love for us. When we talk about agape love, it is sacrificial. His love is sacrificial. He gives up something that is valuable and precious. God giving his son, his son giving up everything and coming to this earth and taking on flesh is huge sacrifice. He's giving up a whole lot and he did that for your sake and for my sake. And we need to understand this whole miscarriage. The love of God, the sacrifice, the giving, the love that costs Him so much and costs us nothing, the love that surrenders all, the love that gives, the love that gives, gives to someone who is undeserving. And then is the love that gives and will not expect anything in return. Is the love that gives, you don't even expect appreciation in return. You don't expect that that giving will be reciprocated. And you don't even expect a reward for it. I pray that the Lord will help us so that we connect to this in Jesus' name. God's love is sacrifice-driven. It's sacrifice-driven. Perhaps the only way to explain this is if you picture a court setting and you have a judge and someone has been brought and accused of an offense and brought before the judge, And then they go through the trial, and then the judge pronounces judgment on the accused person. The judgment finds the accused person guilty and pronounces a punishment on the accused person. And then the accused person is to be taken out, maybe to jail, or for that punishment to be inflicted. And then the judge says, hold on a moment. And then he steps from his high sitting pedestal, removes his robe, and comes into the arena and says that this man is guilty of this, but in his place, I'm going to serve, I'm going to take on his punishment. I will take on his penalty. And the man walks out of the courtroom, a free man, and then the judge goes to pay the price of his offense. That gives you the picture of what God has done for us. Understanding the expression of God's love is essentially that he offered Christ the ultimate expression of God's love is Christ and Christ offered himself up for the sins of the world, for your sins and for my sins. And we're also told that God is love. On Wednesday, we took time to look at this. God's nature is love. And 1 John four sixteen says, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. He is love. He is love. And what a privilege we have to have a God like this. And it's important for us to remember that God loves us and that he loves us dearly. Understanding the dimensions of God's love. You know, Ephesians chapter 3 verses 17 to 19 talks about the dimension, you know, trying to scope God's love. And he says, you know, he talks about how wide God's love is, how long it is, how high it is, and how deep it is. And then he goes on to say, You know, to know this love that surpasses knowledge. To know this love, this love of God that surpasses knowledge. It's so wide that you can't get around it. It's so long that you can't get ahead of it. It's so high you can't get over it and it's so deep you can't get beneath it. And it's love that surpasses Knowledge. That is God's love. God's love is lasting, and, we're, and Psalm 136 tells us that it is sacrificial, it's reconciling and healing. So much has been said today about healing. That's God's love. God's love is reconciling, and it's also healing, it's effective. Because it involves not just emotions or words, but deeds that benefit people. So you know, it's not just talk, talk, but it's action. Action. His love is fearless, is discerning, and we see that in Timothy chapter one, verses three to seven. Also in 1 John 2, 15 to 17, is accepting, is not condemning. And we see a lot of that in Romans. It's accepting, it's not condemning. Luke 15, verses 11 through to 32. And Luke 18, all of this point to the fact that his love is accepting and not condemning. His love is generous. Generous. And we saw that in Romans 5, verse 8. So generous that he, he demonstrated his love to us. So when we did not merit it, he died for us. He died for us. God's love is giving focus. Is giving focus. And when we look at Christ, we see a lot of that. Christ gave. He took on humanity. He took on flesh and blood and came to this world and lived here because of his love for us. He gave his life for us. He gave his life for us. 1 John 3, 16, like we read earlier, said, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Even with the armies of heaven at his disposal, Christ submitted to the eternal plan which was nonetheless allowed to unfold uninterrupted and that was how he went all the way, all the way, all the way to Calvary. All the way to Calvary, he went for me, he went for me, he went for me. All the way to Calvary, he went for me, and he died to set me free. Because for this was the plan of the ages. And this was the goal of the incarnation. This was why Jesus had come. And this was why the Father had sent him. The pain and the mockery of Calvary. The beating he suffered in the hands of Pilate's soldiers. The torture of the cross. The humiliation of the cross. The spectacle of the cross. And the mockery of the cross sometimes i wonder why jesus had to go through all these pains and it reminds me of the story of you know story that was told of a girl who walked several miles to a beachfront to collect a special type of shell And when she collected them, she walked back several miles again and brought those shells to her teacher as gifts to her teacher. The teacher was so touched, not just for the shells, but for the thoughtfulness and the pain in the long walk that the girl went through to collect the shells. Then the teacher asked the girl, why did you walk this long distance to get the shells? The girl looked at her teacher and she replied, it is part of the gift. The walk was part of the gift. Why did the girl go through all that trouble? Because the teacher was important to her. How did the teacher receive the gifts? She felt a depth of love. She felt loved by the girl, and she responded in gratitude. The pains that the Lord Jesus Christ went through, the pains on the way to Calvary, the pains at Calvary, the pain and mockery of Calvary, the beatings he suffered in the hands of Pilate's soldiers the torture of the cross the humiliation of the cross the spectacle of the cross and the mockery of the cross for the king of kings are all part of the gift for you and i all part of his love for us what a great love what a great love What a great love. He continues to care for us and he continues to advocate for us. The Lord Jesus continues to advocate for us. And finally, brethren, God's love demands a response from you and I. We need to appreciate and we need to show gratitude. We need to acknowledge that love. You know, a few days back, I think some particles got into my eyes. And it was so painful for me that whole day. And I kept wondering why I used water, I did everything. But I still had one particular particle there that caused great discomfort for me. And the following morning, I felt so much discomfort that I had to now pray. That, Father, I want this to, I want you to take away this pain. My left eye. And then that morning, as I sat down to have my devotion, the passage of scripture for me that day was Psalm 107 verse 8 and he says oh that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men and I got so agitated earlier on because of the pain in my eyes but as I started meditating on this verse of scripture The lord kept telling me that there are so many things to thank him for when you have one small pain you forget all the blessings of the lord you get so carried away by that pain and all you are concerned about is the pain of the moment and you forget his goodness and you forget all the other things that god has made available for your comfort And for your sustenance oh that men will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men if we complained less and praised more we will be happier and God will be more glorified let us praise God daily for common mercies, common in inverted commas, as we often call them, yet so priceless that if we were deprived of them, we would perish. You know, sometimes I wonder if we were to wake up and there is a shortage of oxygen, <laughs> there would be commotion. But you see, God keeps this supply of oxygen going. So many things. Let us bless God for the eyes with which we see the sun. For the health and the strength to walk around. For the bread we eat. For the clothes we wear. Let us praise him that we are not cast out among the hopeless. Or confined among the guilty. Some people who are in detention today are in prison. Some for some act of commission or omission, and they are there. But let us thank him for liberty. Some can't even worship the way we are worshiping. Yet we can gather uninhibited. Let's thank God for liberty. Let us thank him for friends. Let us thank him for family connections. Let us thank him for comforts that we enjoy. You sit in the comfort of this setting. Let us thank him. Let us praise him. Let us praise him for everything we receive from him, his bountiful hand. We deserve very little, yet we, we are most Generously endowed. He gives us so much. He gives us so much. He gives us so much. The sweetest and the loudest notes in our song of praise should be of God's redeeming love for us. His redeeming love. His redeeming act towards His chosen ones are the favorite theme of their praise forever. If we know what redemption means, we should not withhold our songs of thanksgiving. We have been redeemed from the power of our own corruption. We have been lifted from the depths of sin in which our own nature plunged us. We have been led to the cross of Christ. Our shackles of guilt have been broken off. And we are no longer slaves but children of the living God. To God be all the glory. We need to love God in return. And we need to love others. I want us to rise as we begin to thank God this morning. Shall we with David cry, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Psalm 103 verse 1. Let our new month begin with a new song. Let us bless the Lord, O our soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Let us bless the Lord. Let us bless the Lord. Let us bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name.